This Westwards mini masterclass is a production of Westwards, the Western Sydney Literature Organisation. For more information on Westwards and what we do, please go to westwards.com.au. Hello and welcome to today's Westwards Mini Masterclass. My name is James Roy. I'm the regular host of this podcast. But today I'm also your presenter because I'll be presenting the Masterclass today on the topic of short stories. Just a little bit of background about myself so that you know I'm not a complete fraud. I have written 35 books in the last 25 years, some of which have, uh, have some badges on the front. My most recent major book, 1000 Hills, which was co-written with Noel Zihabamwe, uh, and tells the fictionalised story of a young boy living in uh, Rwanda during the genocide of the mid-90s. That book won the New South Wales Premier's History Prize and the New South Wales Premier's Literary Award. Uh, I've, I've been shortlisted for the CBC Book of the Year a couple of times. I've won some other Premier's Awards around the place. And uh, today I'm going to be talking about short stories, so I suppose it's a good time to mention my book Town, which won the 2008 Premier's Literary Award for Young Adults. It was shortlisted for the Queensland Premier's Literary Award. It was nominated for the German Youth Literature Prize. And it was also the winner of the Golden Inky Award. So this is a book that's very close to my heart. It's a short story collection. And, and one of the reasons it's very close to my heart is because it was one of the, it was the book that really allowed me to explore the idea of short story in a way that gave me the confidence to write them because I'd never been a short story writer. In the past, I'd always been a writer of novels. Uh, some were long, some were short, some were, you know, 20, 20, 25,000 words for very young readers, some were even shorter, then right out to 100,000 word steampunk books and, and the rest of it. But I'd never really attempted to write a short story collection or even really write that many short stories. And the reason for that, I think, is because, by my own admission, I'm not terribly good at plot. Well, I'm, I'm okay at plot. I get there. But my approach to plot is very different from some. Some like to sit down and make sure that every last detail of that plot is sorted out, ready to go, fill in the spaces, uh, make it work, with a little bit of flexibility, perhaps. I'm not that writer. I am the writer who, you know, we talk about the difference between writers as being pantsers and planners, pantsers being those who fly by the seat of their pants and planners are the ones who plan, which is what the word would suggest. I'm very much a pantser. For me, the thrill of writing is to take a bit of an idea and just explore for a while and see where that leads you. And it almost invariably leads me to a story that is different from the one I thought that I was going to tell. The problem with this is that it's very hard to get endings right. You kind of, you kind of have to... Um, scratch around and wait for the, the ending to reveal itself. And in some, some examples of my work, for example, Problem Child, I, di I didn't know that the ending was coming uh, until it was upon me. And then I, I wrote a line and went, that's it. I think I've just finished telling this story because it, it ended in a really kind of uh, an interesting way that didn't wrap the story up, but it gave the reader a way of investing in the story because my, my view has always been that the value of a story is that or a novel or whatever the value of that story is that it entertains as it goes on but the real value of that story for me really emerges when you reach the end of it 
and you reflect back over it and it make and it feels like it could have really occurred it makes you sit back and think about it and of course as we know the movies that we the movies that we love and the books we love are the ones that we're still talking about years later we're still talking about miss havisham's wedding cake or we're still talking about the ending of the sopranos or we're still talking about the the particular look that someone gave in some classic film so the really endearing and engaging stories are the ones that we get to the end of and we look back on them and we go that felt real for a whole bunch of reasons and so for me the idea that you would get to the end of a story and be left with an open ending really makes it feel more like a real story because it makes you go i wonder what happened next rather than just having it all wrapped up but we will get back to that because uh in the later on when we talk about the the different approaches to short stories um and and keep in mind that this is just my opinion i'm not necessarily an expert in short stories i've just written a few Uh, i've written them in collections i've written them independently um, I've, I've experimented with them and I like to read them, but it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily going very deeply into this in an academic sense. Really what I'm doing is talking about the way I see short stories and the way that it's worked for me. But of course, there's plenty of other, um, there's plenty of other approaches that you can take. The other thing about the plot with a short story is we seem to have this preoccupation with short story with the twist at the end. We're looking for that moment where it twists and turns on us and, and makes us go, oh, I never saw that coming. And I think that's a fine approach. That's, there's nothing wrong with that approach. I've used that approach myself. In fact, the very first story in, uh, in town, which is, uh, which is titled The New Girl, tells a story of a boy who starts chatting up a new girl at the school and uh, she hasn't found a uniform yet because she hasn't been to the uniform shop or so he he believes and and of course there's a twist at the end of that story which you've probably already seen coming but the preoccupation with a twist is all well and good in, in as far as it goes but I, I think we can be a little bit too caught up in that certainly for someone like me who as i say struggles with getting the plan right before you actually get some most of the writing done remember margot lanigan who wrote one of the greatest short story collections in, in, in Australian writing, I think, is called um, Black Juice. And there's a story in that, the first, I think it's the first story in that, in that collection, uh, which is a short story which has won awards for its, in its own right, just as a story. But in the collection, Black Juice is an exquisite collection of short stories. And Margot really is absolute top of the pile, in my opinion, of short stories, especially short stories that create another world that is discomforting and feels like it's sort of of our world but not quite a kind of almost a dystopian but it's hard to describe but her, the way she writes is is really something and I remember talking to her about this at one point uh, about short story because she'd written a whole bunch of books about that were full of short stories I had only just started writing a few and I was still trying to feel my way into this and she said and I hope I'm not misquoting it, but my recollection is that she said, don't work so hard to get that twist at the end. Don't work so hard to get that completed story. Sometimes a short story can just be a slice of life. And I think that was really the moment for me that really liberated me as a short story writer because what that meant was that I could then go, okay, so if I can imagine a world and I imagine a character and a situation that that character is in, that may be enough. It may be enough to raise questions in the mind of the reader, questions that aren't frustrating questions, but just questions that eat away at you and make you wonder and make you think and make you engage in that world and make you feel like you are your, your consciousness and your awareness is dovetailing with the world that the writer has created. And the example I would use that I mentioned a second ago was 
um, Singing My Sister Down, which is the short, first short story in Margot Lanigan's collection, Black Juice. And in this, without spoiling anything, basically it's a fairly brutal story, uh, a fairly harrowing story that takes place over the course of a day. And that's one thing about short stories, you, you, you can't usually take in too much time in a short story because you know if you try and fit a whole lifetime into a short story then it's obviously going to be stretched very thin and you're not going to be, have time to really sink into the story and explore the story and dig dig down as they say as much as you would like to in a novel for example which is why a lot of people prefer to write a full novel than a short story or even a picture book because being able to really immerse yourself and take your time is is actually a, a bit of a luxury so in, in this short story, it takes place over the course of one, pretty much one day. Of course, it dips in and out of the life around this one day, and it gives you an insight into the, um, this slightly dystopian, primitive kind of society. But it, it takes place over the course of one day, and you're waiting for this big moment when everything is fixed, and it kind of just doesn't ever come. And it, it's this really remarkable piece of immersive writing that you get to the end of and you go what did I just read I didn't I read a story but I don't remember there being really much to the story it's it's really quite remarkable another a really good example of this idea of slice of life would be that that famous uh, six-word short story by Ernest Hemingway that a lot of people including myself use when we when we teach writing for sale baby shoes never worn and that's it. Now, it's quite amazing that in those six words, we get an insight into the people who are selling the shoes. We get an understanding of why they're selling the shoes. We get a, a, a brief glimpse into their grief. Uh, but it really is just a slice of life that tells us a whole lot about these people and, and the life that they lead and the events around it. So just to finish up, I want to explore just for a moment longer the idea of the open-ended short story. As I said at the very beginning, I think that this is an opportunity we have as writers to take something that we've developed and not be encumbered by the idea that we have to have a strong, wrapped up, happily ever after or happily for now kind of ending. For example, in my story from town called uh, Rotational Forces, it's quite a long story, so I, I won't read it all to you, but as a setup, what we have is a young woman, Hattie, who's in the last year of high school. She has gone through a pretty terrible uh, misadventure in that her, her little sister has died of complications related to an eating disorder. Her mother, who is the town mayor, has gone basically into shutdown and won't talk about anything. Her father, has, who is a pharmacist, as she calls him, uh, has also is also going into himself and is, is burying himself in work and so Hattie is feeling quite alone and confused and it's the reason it's called rotational forces is because Hattie is very much into maths and science the the black and white uh, of the formula that only that explains the way things are in a very exact way and now she's starting to realize that there is that life isn't just black and white, there are greys in life. There are good options, there are bad options. Every decision we make has uh, potentially good and bad outcomes. And that life is, is complex. 
which of course is one of the themes that I've tried quite hard in my own writing practice to explore, especially for young adults, is that adult life is in many ways um, very complex because nothing is as simple as it at first appears. And that's really what she's coming to terms with. And so the way I finished this story, in the end, felt really to be the only way I could have finished this story. So I'll just read the, the last two pages. So she's gone through this terrible event. She's been planning to run away. She's, she's contacted her, her auntie down in Wollongong, and she's basically wants to let her know that she's leaving home. She's packed up the stuff while mum and dad are away at work. And so she's packed up the stuff in the evening, and she's heading to the station uh, to, to leave home. The taxi arrives 10 minutes after she rings for it. She doesn't know the driver, but he seems to know her. Or at least he knows who she is. You're the mayor's girl, aren't you? He asks as she slides into the back seat. Yes. I recognise the house. Sorry to hear about your sister. Thanks. Where am I taking you? The station, please. We've only got about eight minutes, so if you could hurry. Going on holiday, the driver asks as they pull away. I see you've got your bags packed. Holiday? Sort of, yeah. Anywhere nice? Just at my auntie's place. Wollongong. I've got a son who lives in Wollongong. Don't see a lot of him these days. That's a shame. Yeah, yeah, it is. He's pretty busy. He visited a lot to start with, and every time he came to visit, he'd tell us how good it was to be back home, but then he stopped coming to visit. I guess he forgot how good it was to be back home. Or he was just busy, maybe. But Hattie isn't really listening. She's texting a message to Ange. It's simple. It just reads, See you later. Call you when I'm there. Love you, mate. And even as she sends a message, she's thinking about finishing the experiment she began a couple of hours ago. The friendly florist as a control, the too busy chemist, and the unavailable mayor as a test subjects. There's one more subject to study, one more call to make before she can consider the experiment a success. The question is, does she make that call now, in a taxi that can do a U-turn right here in the dusky street and return her safely home, or on a train heading south? Still weighing up her options, she flips through the address book until she reaches her auntie's name. She selects it and sees it glowing brightly in the grey light. The phone is awaiting her command and the thumb hovers over the keypad. And that's the end of the story. Now, people have expressed frustration with me in the past that I ended it there, but my answer to them is always this. What do you think she should have done? And that's the moment you're going for in any writing, really, is the moment where you get the reader to ask themselves, if this were me having all these events happening to this character, if they were happening to me, how would I respond? And while ever her thumb is hovering over the, the keypad, there is still an option she might back out. There's still a possibility that she might take a particular, a different course of action. As soon as she presses that button, of course, she's kind of locked into it. She can still back out, but she's, she's further down that path. And I think while ever it just hovers there, the reader is going, well, I don't know what happened, but I wouldn't have got on the train or I would have got on the train. And suddenly they're invested. As I said earlier, they're then invested in the story. It's a very, I think it's a very powerful device, not just because it makes it easier to get an ending in some ways, but it does really invest the character. The last thing I want to say, uh, really, before we, we wrap up here, uh, to anyone who's thinking of writing short stories, who, who wants to understand better how short stories can work, is to take the approach that screenwriters and, and playwrights often take. And that is, with a scene, you get in late and you get out early. Because you've really gotten a very limited amount of time. Even if you're writing a 10,000 word short story, which is, 
you know, it's getting up there, 10,000 words. We're kind of approaching novella. Even that, you're going to have to have economy of language. And I think the best way to, one of the best ways to achieve that is to not waste time on details that are unnecessary. Find a way to express a bigger setup in a simple way through the, uh, the use of careful flashbacks or, or just bring the character in, bring the story in at a, at a, at a well-developed stage of the scene, then throw in enough clues, enough bits of information for the reader to actually draw their own conclusions about how we've got to that stage. Otherwise, it's going to be very much like that song Friday by Rebecca Black that spends a whole bunch of time telling us what she has for breakfast. When the, really the point of that song is that it's Friday and we should be celebrating because it's the end of the week. I said that was going to be the last thing I'd say. It's not. There's one more thing. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you get a short story where the story that happens is exactly right and ready to go. My short story collection, Town, which I've spoken about and read from, really came about because I'd written a different short story for a collection called Motocross Hero. The story was called Motocross Hero. But then when the time came to uh, think about writing a book for young adults, I took this same story and I repurposed it. And what I did then was I took some of the characters who were in that story who had parts in the background and I started looking to their stories and telling their stories from their point of view and seeing that the way that we perceive some people uh, is different from the way other people perceive them or the way they perceive us. And that was what led from one short story to the next just by asking that question. But the very first story that made this uh, collection occur really came from a single event, a true event that I saw when I was a young person at school. And it was when a, a kid who was pretty much the last person in the school you would expect to take a cricket catch, took a cricket catch off the one kid who you would expect would never hit that ball in the air to that guy. And it was a delicious kind of twist on what you would expect. But it's pretty much absolutely true. I changed the names and I changed a couple of very minor details, but really that story is true. Because I remember when it happened, I remember looking at it and going, that is brilliant. You couldn't have scripted that better. And in fact, you actually couldn't have because it was really perfect. Occasionally you'll get a short story like that that goes, I have to tell this one. But more often you're resorting to things like looking for a bit of a twist in, a, in an existing uh, situation that you have in your mind or just telling a slice of life uh, and letting the characters speak for themselves. Thanks so much for listening. Please hit like and subscribe and subscribe to our other mini masterclasses. Uh, any other questions you have, go to westwords.com.au. Thanks and bye.